how are you? I'm fine. All things considered. All things considered. Uh, this is Lumina Cocktail. A true crime podcast. Yeah. So my brain isn't working great. I have a concussion that I'm recovering from. Um, We're going to follow your health journey. LOL. <laughs> With the strongest of bones. Oh my god. I wish. That's the dream. Honestly, I was like, I wonder what it's like to not be broken. Did you drink enough milk as a child? Absolutely not. Well, there we go. Alex is never going to have a break a bone in his life. I should just take calcium supplements, but I think that can cause problems too. Yeah. I think pretty much everything can cause a problem. Yes, if absolutely. If you do it the wrong way, and doing it the right way requires a doctor to tell you what to do, and we live in America. And doctors are expensive, so I just prefer to go to them when I have a problem. They are. I did get, quote, health insurance for my work. Oh. So my work doesn't offer health insurance, but they're paying half of our membership to this, uh, I don't want to say clinic, but I guess clinic. Uh, in the area, and they actually do everything for, like, a fixed price. So when you go in, you know what it is. I think I know what you're talking about, because that's where Ian goes, because he doesn't have health insurance. So I have health insurance. I pay for it. But they came to our work and was, like, talking to us about it, and they're like, yeah, so pretty much you come in, you know what you're going to spend. It's not like a, oh, we'll give you the bill later, which I was like, right. This is a fucking genius idea. Who would have (laughs) thought? It's honestly, like, it's so nice, and the things that they do, because, like, um, Ian doesn't have health insurance, yeah. and he was, like, having some problems last year, mm-hmm. and he was like, I just really am dreading going to the doctor, because it's going to be, like, $300 in the office, and then plus whatever they decide to bill me later, Right. and then we found this place, and they're like, $97, and we're going to do everything. Is it a big purple building? Yep. Yep, same place. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, and they're so. like, have an x-ray. Yep. Have some blood work. Let's do an EKG real fast just to make sure. Like, kick the tires. Let's look at everything. For me, it was these stitches. They they talked about two different stories. Yeah. So it's a fixed price. So if you come in with a, like, simple stitch, which she compared it to a woman cutting her hand open, like, while cutting an avocado. Yeah. That was um, $50, I think is what she said. Oh, shit. And then a man came in and had fallen off a ladder and sliced his arm all mm-hmm. the way down from, like, Ugh. wrist to shoulder on a fence. That was $80. Jesus. And it doesn't change. So it's, if it's complex, it's 80 If it's, like, simple, it's, like, 50 or something like that. See, and, like, honestly, like, I have actually gone for them. Like, I have health insurance through my work, and I have gone to them for things because I'm, like, it's going to work out to be cheaper if yeah. I don't file it through my insurance yep. and I just go to this place. And I'm, like, I want to give this place business mm-hmm. because, like, this is how healthcare should be. Yes. Like, they have certain things that are, like, like, they charge $100 for a COVID test. Yeah. Which is like, oh, that's right. weird. Um, but okay. But otherwise, I cannot say enough good things about them. I guess the COVID test, because they because they came, like, the person that yeah. runs it, she came in and was like, it, financially, we lose money if we don't charge you guys yeah. $100 for a COVID test. She's like, but there are other places that give you COVID tests for free or cheaper. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's kind of just, like, at that point, like, because you can buy – like, I have bought at-home COVID tests for, like, yeah. 30 bucks for a pack of two. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so I'm kind of like, you're literally just paying a convenience fee at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, I was most excited because of the hours because it's, yeah. like, open late. So I don't have to take time off from work mm-hmm. to go to the doctor, which, like, also that doesn't make sense. And they're like, we're not going to waste your time. So 
Yeah, no, every time I've gone there, they've been quick and... Which makes sense. And again, that's how it should be. It's great. I just, I love it so much. Yeah, so um, that's a, that's pretty exciting. That is exciting. And I haven't been sick since last December. That's even more exciting. Yeah, I started taking emergency gummies every day. Nice. I strive for your level of health. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was out of work for a week and a half due to my concussion. It was like... 10 days or something mm-hmm. um and I went back on like Tuesday and f- or Thursday and Friday work two days I'm going back working Monday and Tuesday off Wednesday and Thursday because I have another doctor's appointment on one Thursday. day but like one of these days I'm gonna get there yeah I'm gonna do it I, I believe in you the podcast believes in you I kind of believe in myself a little <laughs> bit about this like I don't know. If anything bad can happen, it's going to happen to me. Like, any weird shit. Like, I got hit by a boat one time. You know? You did. It, I'm a magnet You're, for terrible shit. What is it? Murphy's Law? Yeah. If it can go wrong, it will. It 100% will. <laughs> no, no debate about that. They should have named you Murphy. No, thank you. Do you want to take a quick break and then we can get in? Yeah. Sounds great. Case file? Let's get into it. All right. The topic for today is simple and it's just diner. Diner, 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 diner. Mm-hmm. I was like diner. Hmm. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> And then we got into, like, mentally getting into the complexities of what constitutes a diner versus a restaurant. You did? I did. With myself. Oh, I was like, (laughs) nope. I just am gonna find something that serves food and call it a day. Fair enough. Yeah. I did try to do Waffle House. I feel like there should be something There's a lot of it. It Just none of it is, like, thick enough to, like, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair (laughs) enough. Yeah, there, I'm sure there's there's quite a lot. How about a Denny's? Denny's, did I didn't Denny's? look up. But a lot of it's, like, mm, just theft or, like, yeah. armed robbery, which, like, isn't great, obviously. Right. But it's, like, not, yeah, it's not enough to, like, talk. Not what, not what we're going for here. But do you think we could do a shot episode where we just talk about things that have happened at, like, a Denny's or a Waffle House? Absolutely. There's enough there. When we get through with... Uh, yeah. these um, amusement parks, parks yeah. then absolutely we'll move on to Denny's and Waffle House. Yeah, so I'm talking about the Burger Chef murders. Excellent. That's a good one. I like that one. Is, yeah. um, I am talking about the Drake Diner Slings. Ooh. Yeah. So the quote this week is, there's a safety in thinking in a diner. You can have your coffee or your milkshake and you can go off into strange, dark areas and always come back to the safety of the diner. And that's by David Lynch from Catching the Big Fish, Meditation, Consciousness, and Creativity. Diners are nice. I do not like diners. Really? Really. So, I'm, I like diners. But. They're not safe. Well. Not here, at least. Well, the thing is, like, our diners here are, like, chain diners, like Waffle House and Denny's. Like... Up north? Oh, yes. The diners up there are just, it's completely different from what you have here. And it's so fucking good. Yeah, that I could get behind. Like a traditional, like old school diner. Yes. So good. Yes. Not Waffle House, though. 
No. I don't feel safe in a Waffle House. <laughs> no. You should not really feel safe in a Waffle House. <laughs> Ian wanted to get breakfast yesterday, and he was like, let's go get breakfast. And I was like, I am just not eating at Waffle House because I have things to do today. And if I eat at Waffle House, I will feel like I have a brick in my stomach the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I fucks with the Waffle House sometimes when I'm drunk. Fucks with it hard. But – if I have a day where I'm trying to get things done, I cannot eat there because I will I will feel like shit the rest of the day. That's a valid point. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Uh, so we are drinking a sidecar. And that's because it reminded me of old-timey diners and vintage classics. It reminds me of Emily Gilmore. Not saying because I don't really watch but enough that, to... That <laughs> might be, like, just me. So I've been uh, re-watching Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. and so yeah, basically all the things I'm like, oh, Gilmore Girls, oh, Gilmore Girls, oh yes, oh that. Like everything is just making me think of Gilmore Girls now. Gotcha. Yeah. Our sidecar is made with brandy, okay. orange liqueur if you want, lemon juice, and it's garnished with an orange slice. I'm going to try it. Let's see. All right. I'm scared. I mean, it can't be more terrible than our first drink of the season. That's true. Maybe. Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) I I don't think I would like a sidecar, even if it was professionally made. I just, I don't generally like dark liquors. Yeah. Just as a general rule. Mm-hmm. So this is just That's, a lot of not good things for me. Uh, would you like a fun fact on it, though? Always. All right. So the fun fact is that the word sidecar means something very different in the cocktail world. Let's say a bartender misses his mark on ingredient quantity, so when he strains the drink into the serving glass, there's a bit left over in the shaker. So then the bartender will pour out that little extra into a shot glass on the side and give it to you. So the shot glass is called a sidecar. Oh. So that's where this name comes from. Interesting. There's actually, like, controversy on the name, but I like this one better. It's kind of, like, it's cute, you know? Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, and so I guess some bartenders now will do it on purpose Mm -hmm. and will slide you just a little shot glass, just as, like, a little nod to, like... What the hell? They never did that for me before. Have you ever ordered a sidecar? No. Well, <laughs> it's really just with the sidecar. <laughs> Man. Um, but yeah, that's the fun fact. Cool. Yeah. Audacities of this drink. I guess I should try it. You huh? should try it. If I have to drink it, you have to drink it. It's actually not that bad. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> that's why there's chocolate and vanilla. It's true. Do you want to rate the Audacities then, since you actually like it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little biased because I like dark liquor. You know what? We can't have our whole season ruled by my drink tastes. <laughs> only tequila and vodka and gin. No, not even gin. You don't like gin. Um, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, I would drink some of the, like, you made a drink a couple seasons ago. Yes. With the Empress Gin. Oh, the Empress Gin Fizz? Yes. And I was like, I just want that so bad right now. Like, I have wanted that for yes. weeks. Well, get excited because I'm going to Florida for Easter. Yes. And I'm going to be bringing back some exotic liquors, if you will. Beautiful. <laughs> well, uh, 
do they sell it here yet? I know they were supposed to. So they're to. supposed to. I was in Total Wine mm-hmm. yesterday, and I wasn't, like, looking for it, but I super didn't see, see it. it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. There's supposed to be a red one. There's a purple and a red one. I, I really it. want the red one. I really want the purple. Audacity of a mediocre white man. One's the worst, right? Hmm? No, one's the best. Yeah. The number... I am fucked the up. The lower the audacity, the better the it better. is. The better. Yes. I am fucked up Whew. in the head right now. Okay. Um, I would put it at a, like, three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a little tart. So, like, would we go on a second or third date? Probably not. It's going to have a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth from whatever he go. talked about. But would be a pretty good, like, there'd you be some, hang. like, snogging, if you will, there on date you one. Go. <laughs> there you go. He'd make it... He'd hit a base. He would not make it home, though. There you go. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, the second sip was better than the first. Oh. I will say. Interesting. I had more, like, lemon and, like, orange mm-hmm. than I... The first one was, like, all just, like, of the brandy. That's why I put the orange in mine before I tasted it, because I was like, I want the maximum amount of citrus to offset the taste of the alcohol. That's fair. What would you not liking it? Mm, like a seven. See, that's what I was, It's like the opposite. Because <laughs> I said Not three. good. <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. We'll call it a five. It's not undrinkable. Mm-hmm. Like, if I ordered this at a bar. I was just going to say, I would like this at a bar. If I was like, oh, I want a sidecar because I was trying to be fancy. Sure. Um, and then I got it and I, I, could, I could deal with it. It's not like I cannot handle this. I would just be very unhappy. That you spent $14 on this drink. Exactly. <laughs> That's fair. And then they probably wouldn't give me a little sidecar with it either, so I'd be even more unhappy. Would you have been happy if I gave you a sidecar with it? Because I don't think you would. No, I wouldn't. Okay. But at least then I could, like... But, like, in the future drinks, if I have extra, slide you a sidecar. Yes. When you're absolutely. not When I can drink okay. again, like Perfect. a regular human. Perfect. So, like I said, I'm talking about the Burger Chef murders, which, like, there are way better podcasts probably that have covered this. Oh, my God. Don't start <laughs> it with that. But, well, it's just because, like, there are ones that go, like, they have, Deep like, dive. multiple episodes. Yeah. Which, like, you can cover more. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Uh, there's one that I reference at the end of this that yeah. I think it's worth checking out because it's, like, a six-part series. And it's Jesus. done by a journalist and a fucking lawyer. So, like... Okay, well, Probably going to get more insight there. There is that. (laughs) That's what I meant. Fair enough. But here is my my brief little stab at it. The Burger Chef murders took place at a Burger Chef restaurant in Speedway, Indiana, on Friday evening, November 17th, 1978. What was initially thought to be a petty theft of cash from the safe, assuming the four missing employees were involved, quickly escalated to a possible robbery kidnapping devolving into a murder investigation upon the discovery of the missing employees' bodies. It's a brief oversight. All right. So, between the hours of 11 p.m. and midnight, which is their closing time, four employees of the Burger Chef restaurant disappeared. There was assistant manager Jane Freet, uh, who was 20, Danny Davis, who was 16, Mark Flemons, 16, and Ruth Shelton, 18. So, the disappearance was noted by a fellow employee when they found the restaurant to be empty, the money safe left open, and the back door ajar. Real fast. Yes. Can you imagine having to work with two 16-year-old boys? No. That would make me sad. I No, I cannot. Anyways, continue. (laughs) 
Once police arrived to investigate the empty store and missing staff members, they believed this to not be a serious case. Which, mm-hmm. like, whoops. Uh, this was based upon the reported stolen amount of $581 that was taken from the safe in addition to no clear signs of a struggle. While items such as purses and jackets of the missing employees were left behind, it was believed the employees went partying with the stolen cash. Great. Because they're, you know, 16, Use. 18, 20. Yeah. So risking, also this yeah. is like the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Different time. Different time. Following the investigation, the scene was cleaned in order to open like usual uh, Saturday morning. Smart. No pictures were taken. I will say police later did admit that we did fuck up a little bit. I'm kind of like, I just don't understand why in so many of these cases they just automatically assume. And it's like, why not just try and cover your ass just in case on the 5% chance that you might be wrong? Like, cover your ass. Uh, this was 1978, which is yeah probably why. Yeah, <laughs> this is the... the term CYA hadn't yet been invented. <laughs> so of course, concern grew quickly upon the discovery of Jane's car found abandoned in the middle of town. That would be concerning. Yeah. Soon it was understood that the staff had been abducted while closing the restaurant, and it theorized the attack began once employees had started to remove the trash bags out the back door. Okay. That makes sense. Because that's the one that was left open. Right. Hikers discovered four bodies over 20 miles away in the rural woods of Johnson County. It's not great. Danny and Ruth had been shot execution style numerous times in the head and neck. Jane had been stabbed twice in the chest with the handle of the knife broken off and missing. Mm-hmm. Mark was later determined to have been bludgeoned, likely with a chain-like object, Ugh. and died from choking to death on his own blood. So all four employees were found in their Burger Chef uniforms. Washes and money were found on the victims, implying that robbery might, ha- might not have been the sole motive mm-hmm. for their murders. So I have like a little tiny note in 2018, police released an enlarged image of the blade of the knife that was removed from Jane's chest in hopes that it would jog someone's memory because the knife was likely one that was, like, worn, like, on a belt, like, in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, holder yeah. thing, whatever the word is. Sheath. Yes, thank you. Um, and obviously 1978 was the height of disco, so not a normal accessory. So they were hoping that someone would remember a person wearing a large oh, knife yeah, on my, their belt. My weird neighbor used to always, you right, know. And would uh, give in some more tips to try to, like, yeah, move the case along because there's still one detective working on it to this day. Um, so that was in 2018. I don't, I didn't read anything that really came of that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was important to note. So the leading theory is that the four victims were kidnapped during a botched robbery, possibly due to one of the victims recognizing one of the perpetrators. So Mark Flemons was not originally on the schedule for that night. He mm-hmm. was actually covering for another employee so she could go out on a date with another employee. Oh. Yes. Um, and so it's likely theorized that he's the one who recognized the robbers since he was the one not planning on being there. Yeah. Not a lot moves in this case. Like I said, they cleaned the scene. They took one picture, and it was after it was cleaned. So smart. You know, yeah. Um, in 1984, Donald Forrester, a man in Pendleton Correctional Facility, called police to confess about the Burger Chef murders. Mm-hmm. 
He confessed to being one of the murderers and promised to provide information to them in exchange for not being sent to the infamously violent Indiana State Prison, which he was supposed to be transferred to shortly. Uh-huh. Police were, of course, skeptical, but Forrester pinpointed the exact location of where the bodies were found and knew about the broken knife lodged in the sternum of Jane, which wasn't heavily publicized at the time. Yeah. The reason for this gruesome murder, according to Forrester, was because Jane's brother owed him money. And I think there were some, like, drugs involved. Allegedly, Flemons attempted to intervene, and a fight ensued, leaving Flemons unconscious. Forrester and other accomplices believed Flemons was dead and decided to abduct all four employees to cover their tracks and not be um, reported to the police. Yeah. Also, this whole confession and investigation delayed his transfer for two years. Of course it did. Well, his story did gain even more credibility when he confessed to flushing the 38 shell casings used to shoot Davis and Shelton. Um, and he flushed them down his toilet at his old home. So police went to his old house, now owned by another person, oh, no. and investigated the septic tank. Ugh. Where they did find the same shell casings. Oh, shit. So they're like, well, fuck, he knows. Literally. He knows about the knife. He knows the location. He has these shell casings. Like, yeah, this seems pretty credible. Um, so to them, it seemed like, with the help of Forrester, the police would be able to catch the remaining perpetrators and close this case. However, someone leaked insider information from the police that Forrester was working as an informant for them. Upon hearing this, Forrester halted all cooperation and recanted his confession and said it was coerced by the police. Jesus Christ. And never spoke of the Burger Chef murders again and died of cancer in 2006. Motherfucker. Yeah. So, officers... Attempted to follow possible leads, but were unable to find anything more promising or evidence such as the firearm used, the handle of the knife, or the chain used in any of these murders. They never found any of it. So they're like, we really have nothing. Um, During the summer of 2018, the Speedway community, as well as family and friends of the victims, raised money to plant four red oak trees in their honor. Each tree is adorned with a plaque with a short biography of one of the victims. The original monetary goal was surpassed within 24 hours with the extra funds covering the expense of a marble bench, which was installed and dedicated to the friends and family of the victims. And the plaques read, Ruth Shelton, creative, honest, and kind with a love for music. Jane Freet, a leader with a sense of humor and a heart of gold. Mark Flemons, friendly and selfless with a sense of style. And Daniel Davis, talented photographer who made loved ones smile. And, um, like I said, there's a podcast called Murder Sheet Podcast, which is hosted by a New York journalist, Anya Kane, and Indianapolis lawyer Kevin Greenlee put together a six-part series titled You Can Never Forget, which is actually a callback to the Burger Chef, like, um, commercials. Oh. I guess they're basically, they're saying you can never forget, like, how great this food is. Okay. They actually, in their in their trailer, I think the trailer for the first episode, they play the commercial and they just repeat that one line like six or seven times. You can never forget. That's creepy. I don't which like that. Which is super unsettling. I yeah. don't like that. Um, and it exclusively investigates the murders uh, and it goes in depth with why these murders are still unsolved. The robberies that haunted this town because there were multiple food chain robberies. Oh. And it features interviews with witnesses, close friends of victims, and even suspects Aww. that have been brought in. Oh, shit. Under questioning. Yeah, so. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I mean, the whole fucking just repeating of that one line was enough <laughs> for me. And I was like, yeah, props to them. Good job by them. <laughs> um, so that's the quick, quick um, 
overview of the Burger Chef murders. Interesting. Yes. I do want to go back and say that that Donald Forrester guy, he actually had begun a 95-year sentence for the 1979 kidnapping and rape of a woman. Oh. And he was facing transfer when he uh-huh. announced his information. Actually, guys. So. Jesus. Timing. All about timing. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how mm-hmm. people just don't know anything until it benefits them? Yeah. My case is uh, a little smaller than that. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually, I literally hadn't heard of this. I just looked up, like, diner murders. Yeah. And this was one of the first ones that came up. So, today, I'm going to be talking about the Drake Diner Slangs. And I didn't say it, call it the Drake Diner Slangs, but, like, multiple news articles that I read about it did. And I was like, ooh, that's dramatic. But also, they're like... Yes, people got murdered, but, like, it's not like this killer took time to, like, pick out his victims or do any sort of profiling. He was just literally, like, immediate. You're dead. Not to be inappropriate, but that makes me think of the hash-slinging slasher. Oh, my God. <laughs> the hash-bringing. The hash-slinging. <laughs> That's what I thought of when you said no. <laughs> Sorry. Arm that's a rusty spatula. Anyways. I'm going to name the episode Hashlinging Slasher. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I like the name of it. It's good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, the Drake Diner opened in Des Moines, Iowa in 1987. It was modeled after the Fog City Diner in San Francisco, where developer William Knapp had visited previously. Just north of the Drake Diner is Drake University, and a team of developers with Knapp at the head were tasked with revitalizing the city near the school to make the area a destination. It was real run down. There wasn't a lot going on. And every it was getting this reputation for being, like, an unsafe area. And they're like, this is hurting the school because the areas around it are unsafe, so nobody wants to come here. So we need to do something to make this a better place to live. So the Drake Diner was meant to be the centerpiece of the southern arm of the development, meant to attract customers who would then see the new apartments and motels they were building. And, like, spread the news and bring more people. Um, The Drake Diner is considered an upscale retro diner that prides itself on the fact that they serve an all-day breakfast. And most diners really should. Yeah. But, like, side note, and I might be in the minority, but I'm not really sure what a big deal is for everyone when it comes to breakfast. Because, like, breakfast is probably, like, my least favorite genre of food. I don't like, like brunch where there's like sweet and savory combinations yeah i don't like to just get a plate of like eggs and bacon and sausage or whatever pancakes like i need more than that we went ian loves breakfast and we went like i said yesterday he wanted to go to breakfast so um we went to ihop and all i wanted i was like i will take chocolate chip pancakes yes or french toast and they brought out my pancakes and they were just plain pancakes that hadn't even like the batter had definitely not been mixed thoroughly and i was like this is This is why I don't do this. So, anyways. The restaurant itself features checkered floors, plenty of neon lights, and a giant skylight in the center of the dining area. And once it was built, it quickly became a hot spot in town and was so successful that the owner actually opened up two more diners to the west and north of campus. They were basically surrounding the whole campus with diners. Why not? Um, But those two... Other diners were not nearly as successful as the OG diner. 
because all of these diners were owned by the same person, if someone had a life change or relocated to another part of the town, it wasn't uncommon for them to change working location and hop between working at one diner or another. Um, Kara McGrain was one of the workers who'd bounced between locations. She'd gotten her start at the Drake Diner, but transferred to the West End Diner at the age of 25. Um, she worked her way up to the position of manager, and after she obtained this role, she transferred back to the Drake Diner. Um, just She kind of was like, this place is home to me. I much prefer this location to the West End Diner, so let's do that. And she was going to be a manager over there. Um, otherwise, she didn't have a necessarily like huge catalyst life change other than the opportunity for growth. Um, she was still living at home and pursuing her personal interests of theater and jazz. Another manager who worked at the Drake Diner was 28-year-old Tim Burnett, who loved skydiving, scuba diving, and hang gliding. All right. Just to name a few of his hobbies. It's intense. Yeah. He had recently moved back to Des Moines from Phoenix with his wife. While he was living in Phoenix, he worked as a manager for a restaurant. So when he got back to town, he got a job back at Drake Diner. He had worked there previously before they moved to Phoenix, so it was another example of someone just kind of coming back into the fold. Now, from what I've been able to find online, I'm not sure exactly what the diner's management policy was as far as how many managers were supposed to be there at the same time. But no matter the policy, on November 29th of 1992, both Tim and Kara were in the diner. Tim wasn't necessarily on shift, but he was there to help decorate a Christmas tree they were putting up since December was just a few days away. And that night, the diner was pretty full. It had about 40 to 50 people in it, which was pretty typical for most nights, especially at that time of year. Like, around the holidays, a lot of people are shopping in the area, and this is the place to be to go grab a meal. So right. they were always pretty busy. The day itself was a normal one until a loud noise came from the front of the diner. Patrons turned to look only to see that the woman who had been standing by the register, Kara McGrain, had been shot in the head. Tim Burnett couldn't see what was happening. He just heard a noise, so he pushed his way towards the front of the store, and he was basically immediately shot and killed instantly. The person holding the gun scooped up the money that was easily available and ran out through the crowd. And I've seen reports in multiple articles, they were like, it was $500. It was less than $500. But then I also saw a write-up of court documents that say it was around $1,400. Oh. Yeah. Some big differences Big there. differences. <laughs> but in any case, very small amount of money. Yeah. Compared to the amount of violence that was used to give it. Like, killing two people for, even if it was $1,400. Not, not great. No. Uh, most people in a restaurant were shocked about what was going on and, like, couldn't get their shit together. Um, they were still ducking. They weren't sure if the person who was doing the shooting was still in there or not or what was happening. Um, but some of them were able to pull themselves together enough to call 911 to report the crime. Uh, tons of people from the community who weren't in the diner, who heard what was going on, kind of started swarming the scene, like, to yeah. see what the fuck is happening. Um, in the crowd was actually Tim's mother and Kara's father. Um, Tim's mother, from what I understand, just kind of happened to be nearby. Mm -hmm. Um, Kara's father was actually a lawyer who worked with police at times. And so he was like, 
he was in a loop and he found out what had happened. And so he made his way down there. Um, and he was actually like, Hey, I work with the government. Let me in the scene. And they're like, no, your daughter is here. So you can't. But Mm. he actually went around the building and went in through the back door and saw his daughter, like where she was shot. Mm. So bad times. Yeah. Yeah. So police began canvassing the neighborhood, but answers wouldn't really come from that at all. Wouldn't really be super helpful. A tip line was started, though, and tips came in saying that the shooter was a young black man with a gap in his teeth, and that was it. That is all the description they had. Okay. Which, let me tell you, played a big part in the relationship between the black community in Des Moines and police at the time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. At a news conference, the police chief at the time was speaking and supposedly, and I quote, couldn't remember what term was in vogue, end quote, and the term he decided to refer to the suspect as was a, quote, Negro. Mm. And people weren't happy about that. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. But he was like, OMG, I can't believe that I, a white police officer, deciding to not even consider the feelings surrounding terminology (laughs) a minority culture might prefer or dislike to hear coming from me causes backlash. Right. This is wild, guys. I'm so sorry. I couldn't remember what term was in vogue to use right now. I'm like, you're a piece of shit, bro. You are stupid. Oh, boy. Yep. So there were no notes about complexion, no other identifying information. Somebody actually pointed out one of the reporters. They're like, they were so vague. Um, like, the, there was just a whole portion of the black community that was suddenly at risk because everybody was like oh are you the person who shot them just because of your skin color right and they're like think about all of these celebrities like michael strahan they're like if he would have been in the city at that time he would have been like a potential suspect Mm -hmm. because there was no other identification other than he was black and had a gap in his teeth Mm -hmm. and they're like Right. Think about all the people who are totally good, totally fine people, and you guys are just totally, like, generalizing. Right. So, yeah. Nothing about complexion, no other identifying information until a name was tossed in the police's direction. A witness called in reporting that a guy named Joseph White Jr. was flashing lots of cash during a party at the Holiday Inn. He had a reputation of always being hella broke, so the fact that he was suddenly flush with cash after this robbery sent up red flags um, with some of the people who were there. Mm -hmm. Um, The police didn't have a ton, though, aside from, like, this one person being like, he's broke, and now he has all these dollars. Right. um, Until ballistics came back on the gun. So it was determined that the type of gun used was a forty-four Magnum handgun. Another witness had called in and said that they saw Joseph with a huge handgun just firing it off at a party. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, at first they thought, they, the police, thought the gun used was a Desert Eagle, but later it was turned to be an LAR Grizzly Wind Mag, which I've never heard of. Apparently it's super rare. There were only 450 in the entire country. Hmm. So it was pretty easy to narrow down where the weapon came from. They're like, this is the shortest list of possibilities we're going to get. Right. So let's examine it. So one of the owners of this type of gun came forward to admit that his gun was missing from Washington State. Now, his daughter was friends with Joseph, who had actually been in Washington State recently. 
and the gun went missing after the last time he had been there. Now, the owner luckily had casings that had been fired through the gun, and though the gun was never found, the ballistics were a perfect match. Mm. Since Joseph was the only commonality between getting the gun from Washington to Iowa, as well as eyewitnesses who reported him having a big gun and a sudden influx of cash, there was enough for police to pursue charges for the two murders and robbery. Now, there was some gray area about how he'd be charged, because at the time of the killing, he was 17 years, 11 months, and 5 days old. Oh. So they're like, adult, child, adult, child. Um. He was eventually sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. However, later the Iowa Supreme Court ruled that juveniles could not be sentenced to mandatory life sentences Mm -hmm. due to the fact their brains are still developing at the time their crimes were committed. And since the brains were still developing, it was argued that they would be more likely to be able to be successfully rehabilitated. Um. Of course, they appealed his two life sentences without parole. Mm-hmm. And Tim's family was there. And they had a lot of discussion about this. They actually were like, this is terrible. I don't care that he was 25 days away from a birthday. Like, he wouldn't have known any more 25 days later than he would have known when he did this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that margin of error error is so small like he's not going to suddenly have a life change right in less than a month so if he did it now he would have done it then but another factor was that joseph had already committed several offenses when he was incarcerated he actually was getting switched between prisons at one point and he escaped oh which is a federal offense okay and so then he got sent to federal prison Mm -hmm. i wasn't able to find any more about his appeal basically they were like, yes, we're appealing this. Tim's family is here. Kara's family did never come to any of the rulings, but Tim's family had, like I said, a lot of strong words. Um, they were talking about how, like, yep, you're going to go to hell one day, sir, and all this other stuff. It was, it was a lot. Um, now, they were discussing his appeal in 2016, were the most recent articles that I could find. Mm-hmm. So I did a f- search of federal inmates, and I found out that he was actually released from federal custody in 2018. Oh. So, he out there living his life, thanks to this change in laws in Iowa. Um, and yeah, that's the story of the Drake Diner slings. The oh. two other diners. The Drake Diner is the only one that's still open. It is still open. You can still go to it today. And they're like, yes, we're the original. We're the best of the best whatever okay um the other two one of them is demolished and then the other one is not demolished but it's not in use anymore and it's super vandalized like you can find pictures all over the internet about it so uh what is your take on like the whole like brain development and like impulse control like being charged for things Like, I definitely think it's something that needs to be taken into consideration. I think in this case, I do understand where that family was coming from. Like, this is a very violent crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think in this case, specifically, had I been involved, if they were like, Tiffany, make the decision. Like, he's... Right. For his appeal. I would have been like, I feel like, I feel like we should probs keep him in. Yeah. Um, 
now obviously I'm sure there's more to it that I don't know. Now I did see some information that he was working on finishing school and stuff like that. So I think, you know, if he's actively trying to like change his ways and do better and make a positive life change, then that's something that definitely is important to take into consideration. But I'm like also at the same time, if you're committing federal offense and being fences yeah. and being labeled as like a violent offender in prison. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to take that into consideration. No. Yeah. So. I don't know. Um, Cause I, I was curious as to what, at what point does your impulse control, like, develop Yeah, officially in your brain? Yeah. For real, for real. And my quick, quick Google search, which it makes sense, um, I guess, like, two areas of your brain control your, your impulse controls. Mm-hmm. And I guess the older you get, the stronger the connection between the two become. But then I, I, I looked to see, like, at what age, um, which part of your brain regulates emotions and impulse control is fully developed, which is 25 years, which is even, like, older than what I've been told before. Yeah. Because before it was, I think, about 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, an interesting component to consider. Like, does it make a difference when your brain is fully developed versus, like... I also think, like... Not that the family was wrong by any means. Right. But it's just an interesting thing to look at, like... Yeah. Well, something that I think is important is just, like... Or at least important to make note of is that, like, yes, everything should be developed by 25. But it's, like, some people develop sooner. Some people develop later. Like, while it's a good rule of thumb, I think, like, using it in cases of like determining whether or not somebody should be paroled early or have their sentence changed like I just I don't know I find it hard to be like well you know they're not 25 yet so we can just forgive the fact that they committed a double homicide yeah I guess there's just there's so many years between 17 almost 18 and 25 that like yeah now being an adult, being considered an adult at 18, I think is just bullshit to begin with. Oh, 100%. I don't think that makes you an adult because there's so many things that you don't know. You're still a teenager. Yeah. And like, yes, your brain is still developing, which does help uh, filter out those like impulse control responses yeah. and things like that and emotional responses. I mean, I think, unfortunately, like it's a combination of like uh, nature versus nurture yeah. and like development like delays Mm -hmm. because I mean you know you could have uh brain injuries that cause delays in brain development right or just injuries in general that like you can't develop Mm -hmm. those connections the way that you normally could which like I think we did talk about in nature versus nurture yeah um so like there's interesting things I don't think you should like base it entirely on it but I know like you said like oh like 25 days doesn't make a huge difference and right that doesn't but Years could, right. when you do develop, like, I mean, you know, at 25, you do become a bit more, mm-hmm. less impulsive, less emotional, like, yeah. you can actually, like, regulate your thinking. I, I think if you're just violent, you're just violent, and that's, like, something else to look at and consider, yeah. but I do think it's really interesting to, like, consider, like, how your brain develops, and actually, I just read something, and I would love to do more research on it, but it said that, um... A female's brain can develop faster than a male's oh, brain. Oh, yeah. 
And, like, I just would love to know more about this. Um, because it's just very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, those connections can, like, actually, like, be sped up. So, I guess, like, depending on your gender also, you could be considering, like, is your brain already fully developed and you're just ignoring things? Yeah. Well, this is actually going to come up in another case I'm going to cover later. Ooh, that's this exciting. This season. Okay. Um, and just a blurb is like, okay, a crime was committed when this person was... A young teenager, like 13, 14. Okay. But they weren't prosecuted for the crime mm-hmm. until they were in their 20s. So when they were prosecuted for the cl- crime, they were prosecuted as an adult. Hmm. Okay. So they got the full sentence that an adult would get. But had they been caught when they were 13 or 14, the maximum sentence, because it happened here in South Carolina, would have been for them to be imprisoned until either 18 or 21. I don't remember which. Hmm. So I'm like, it's the same crime. You're doing the same things. The only difference is what year you got caught. I think it should be considered what year you committed the crime, how old you were. Right. And Absolutely. like, this is weird. Like, this is... I mean, maybe, it's maybe I'm wrong hard. and don't understand the legal system, but, I mean, if you didn't commit this crime... Right. Like, at this age, it, why are you... You committed the crime when you were at an age that your brain was not developed. Yeah, especially that, that young. So... If that is the if that is the yardstick by which we're measuring things, mm-hmm. then why is it now that your brain is developed, even though you, as far as we know, haven't done any of that recently? You're still going to be punished as if you did it yesterday. That's yep. That's very interesting. I don't know. I feel like there's so much about the brain we still don't understand. Yeah. So like that's why it can't be included in things. Mm-hmm. And I just really feel like psychology and brain development play a huge part in like violent offenses and like Absolutely. that lack of impulse control and i don't know why we don't consider them more yeah. <laughs> especially when we're looking at someone who's 17 going on 18 and like right. them being charged for something well especially when you consider how much emotions are yes. included in like defenses or yes. um the other ones that i can't think of. <laughs> the other side my brain this concussion I, mean, I feel like i've been doing pretty good so far but yeah. that word is just gone no you're good you're doing a good job the prosecution and the defense these are the words i'm looking at i don't at. want to lessen someone's offenses just because they're not adult because at a certain age you do know you should understand consequences to your actions like i mean my toddlers at school can somewhat understand consequences to their actions yep. It's not as, like, defined and narrowed down right. for them. But, like, yeah, they know, like, oh, if they bite a friend, they're going to have to sit in the library till they calm down. Yeah. That's just how it is. Um, but also, like, a responding, like, okay, like, I feel like you could probably see a height, like, a heightened, like, crimes of passion in yes. teenagers because of lack of impulse control and such, like, strong emotions. Right. That's and why such you see, tunnel vision as a yes. teenager, too. And that's why you see, like, a lot of addiction in teenagers, too, that mm-hmm. start in, like, teenagers because you don't have impulse control. You yep. don't – you can't regulate your emotions the way, like, 25, 30-year-old could. Yeah. So, like, I just think it's really fascinating. I feel like we should should consider that Maybe we more. should. Well, especially when we're trying to rehabilitate others. Listen, if we ever get called in for jury duty, <laughs> we're going to be like, but what about this? We'll never, we'll never work because they'll find our podcast and be like, fuck these bitches. They, <laughs> they, they have a conflict of interest. <laughs> they cannot. Ooh, although 
I could probably use this to get out of jury duty. You absolutely should. Excellent. Like, I... You can hear my strong opinionated beliefs on this podcast. (laughs) Yes. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. It just was really interesting. And I also read something just now that supposedly women hit full maturity at 32 and men don't until 45. Which, like, fuck that. I'm not waiting for Alex to hit 45. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) See, this is one of those things that, like, there are things that were said... Oh, Nash. <laughs> or, there are things that have been said or used as a rule of thumb. Like, I remember being, like, 15 years old, and I'm like, oh, this dude, this boy, he's, like, my age, and he's just so freaking annoying. And my mom would just be like, yeah. I mean, girls mature a lot faster than boys. They do, apparently. And I'm like, well, I guess that is a true thing. I guess. I still hear that to this day about Alex sometimes with the oh things my he God. does. My dad would be like, you know, once you've ever considered that maybe you're just more ch- mature, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't mean I'm less irritated. <laughs> if anything, it means I'm more irritated, Dad. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for validating my feelings. Uh, yeah. So, brains, man. We should have a, a short episode sometime on, like, certain components of, like, the, like, sentencing system. Like, age yeah. or... Like, offenses. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that'd be really interesting to just, like, dive into that a little bit. I'm down for it. All right. Well, um, do you want to move on to Weekly Verdict? So badly, because I have the most amazing Weekly okay, Verdict Okay, what is ever. your Weekly Verdict? All right. I 10 out of 10 recommend this. Okay. It's a podcast. Okay. It's not true crime. Oh. It's not psychology. Oh. It's nothing dark and twisty. Interesting. It's about Disney. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. It's so good. It's called uh, Dish on Main Street, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally get together and talk about food at fucking Disney. Oh. Which, like, I can't think of a happier way to that spend my That sounds really lighthearted. So they have three episodes. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, they've done one on Topolino's, which I've never been to. Yeah. It's at some resort, but apparently the best Italian food you could ever wish for. Interesting. Which, like, I'm here for want to go to. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a Tangled mural that's, what? like, breathtaking, and everyone says you have to go see it, which I, I immediately thought of you. Yeah. Um, it's at a resort, so you could technically stay there mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Um, it's probably big money. I was going to say for, like, $400 a night, I yeah, could absolutely. probably stay there. But, so they have an episode on Topolinos. They have an episode on the monorail bar crawl. And they just did an episode on the snacks at Magic Kingdom. Aw. Alex thinks it's a bad idea for a podcast because it's so short-lived, but I'm like, the food and wine festival alone, you could do a whole season on. Honestly. (laughs) So, like, I think it's the most brilliant thing ever. And for every, like, holiday, every anniversary, every event, there's new food. All the things that they, yeah. There's always new food to consume. You are not going to run out of content. And that's just, like... And that's just dealing with what's current. You could also yes. deep dive into things that have, oh, yeah, they're fine. Good, so, good yeah. job by them. Good job by them, yeah. Um, and they did one restaurant for a whole episode. How many restaurants are on Disney property? Honestly. And then they did snacks at Magic Kingdom. That's not restaurants. That's just no, snacks. That's just snacks. Um, But that's what I've been super into. All right. Because, like, we need some joy. <laughs> Fair enough. So I highly recommend if you like Disney or if you just like food. Because they, they also do cocktails, but they do their cocktails. Um, there's two cocktails and one mocktail because one of the hosts, there's three hosts. Mm-hmm. It's a husband, wife, and then I think a friend of theirs. 
um, the wife is pregnant, so she yeah. does mocktail. So if you're Aww. not, if you don't drink alcohol, then like that's also a really nice way. Which I feel like maybe we should start doing somehow. Um, but they actually share like their recipes. So, but it's themed after whatever they're talking about. That's awesome. So like they each one themed their drink around a drink that they've gotten at Topolino's in oh. one of the episodes, which I just think was really cool. Nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. So that's my weekly verdict. Lovely. <laughs> Getting pumped for Disney in November. <laughs> Oh, let's see. What is my weekly verdict? Yeah, I really had that coming. <laughs> you are so prepared. I think I'm going to start having like a little sticky note with all of my That's possible good weekly idea. verdicts. <laughs> uh, it could be the alcohol also. I don't... Here's the problem. I don't remember if I've made this my weekly verdict yet. Well, tell me and I'll tell you. Because I work out. No. Okay. Yeah, so my weekly verdict is pre-workout. No, nope. I don't think you've ever mentioned because that. Because I have tried going to the gym consistently multiple times. Lindsay can attest to that. I have had What gym do you go to? Planet Fitness. Oh, okay, we're back there. I have, like, tried to, like, get in the habit of going to the gym. And uh, I've tried all different kinds of things to just try and, like, have fitness in my life and be healthy, and I just don't enjoy it. Do you have a favorite book series? Fantasy, preferably. No. Damn. Okay, so I can't pick a favorite of like anything. I am. Well, do you so have like fucking indecisive? A top favorite, like the one that like you really enjoyed, because on TikTok mm-hmm. there are women mm-hmm. who are creating workout routines based off of fantasy. Oh, Jesus. Characters, which like has really pumped me up to want to work out more, and it's mostly with the Avatar series. Yeah, but I'm like. Wow, this is really fucking fun. Like, this isn't, like, tedious and time-consuming and boring. It's like, no, you're you're working your ass off to get that that man. Yeah. <laughs> that fictional man. <laughs> no. I have found this guy on TikTok who does, like, basically, like, dump-his-ass workouts. Yes. Where he's, like, bitch slap squats or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. They're really stuff fun like names. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I really enjoy his videos and stuff, but I'm also, I don't know. TikTok's a good place to get workout. Yeah. Like, sets from I actually like I enjoy lifting weights like I feel like I see a lot of really good results because I used to do CrossFit when I lived in Oklahoma and that was like peak hotness <laughs> that time in your life that time in my life well, that's when you had all the trauma well it was <laughs> I was in a cult at the time and I was living off of uh D- Blue Ranch Doritos and Easy Mac well, that's when your metabolism was. <laughs> and I was doing CrossFit four times a week. Yeah. So I was really probably um, not eating enough calories because one bowl of Easy Mac a day and some chips to snack on throughout the day is not great. Um, you remind me of my co-teacher. She she drinks those protein, like, yeah. drinks to put weight on because she's so underweight. Uh-huh. She's also, like, 20. She's going on oh. 21 this, like, September or something. Oh, honey, just you wait. But she can't put on any weight. <laughs> I'm like... Have some Oreos. Wait till one you can legally drink because that alone will help oh, with the calories. <laughs> yeah. That'll that'll do it. So... But also, I mean, metabolism will, show, will, like, slow down, but... Yeah. Well, also, like, I think I just used to have such a physical job. Like, whenever I was mm-hmm. teching with horses... Yeah. Like, it was so much more physical than small animal teching. So, I... Just the amount of physical labor that I I don't know. You did, seem to get injured quite a bit at your yeah, job Yeah, that now. doesn't mean I'm working <laughs> that hard. 
my job is more mentally taxing now than physically taxing. Mm. I'm not lifting bags of horse feet and stuff like that. I was running laps with no. the children on the playground. Oh, Jesus, no thank you. I was. I was like, let's burn that energy. Let's get tired. Let's get tired. I had three teachers looking at me and I lost my mind. I was like, look, will my kids sleep better? <laughs> yep. When my kids actually have a nap time, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I started using pre-workout. Um, I was just like, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And holy shit, my dude. Yeah. Revolutionary. And I don't even take the recommended amount. I don't want to know what would happen to me if I took the recommended amount. I take half of what you're supposed to take. What do, what do you what do? What do you It just you gives you it so, it, it's weird. It makes <laughs> you feel weird. Gives you so much energy because it's got a lot of fucking caffeine in it. Yeah. Even though I'm only taking half of what I'm supposed to take. So it's like a little burst of caffeine. But it also, like, helps raise your body's, like, temperature. Like powder? Mm-hmm. Let you put in, like, water. I don't fucking dry scoop that shit because that's gross. I don't understand people who could do that. I did see a video from, like, five years ago because it's on my YouTube channel that yeah. me and Alex watched together for our first, like, before we were even a thing. Yeah. Um, guys put protein powder... In a fucking Red Bull container, Ooh. like they shotgun Red Bull protein no. powder, and then topped it off with like Grey Goose vodka, and then shotgunned that. I'm pretty sure. I gotta go throw up. It was something crazy like that, but that's gross. That's awful. No, thank you. It's quite the pre workout. <laughs> no, I just take a syrup pre workout. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's supposed to be like specially like formulated to help women. And I like that. It makes you feel warm, makes you sweat, Woo. and it reduces your downtime in between sets. And I feel like I'm a lot stronger now, even though I'm not a lot stronger. I just She's feel hulking out. It's like, like as good as it is, as much as it helps me physically, I think it also like really helps me mentally because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so I'm so strong. Yeah. So yeah, that is my weekly verdict: is discovering pre workout. Well, on to our first responders unit. Yes. Yes. yes which I'm so sad about because I'm. Not in it anymore for right now. You could be in it. Well, I mean, yeah, except I don't know them. Okay. <laughs> well, listen to me now. You can find us on Instagram at Luminol Cocktail Pod, and you can find us on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. Um, we also have an email, which I feel oh, like we do. I forgot about. We email. haven't included in a long time. So the email address is illuminalcocktailpod at gmail.com. So if you guys want to send in a story, if you want to, like, say, hey, guys, I kind of hate you a little bit, you can send that to us. A bold choice. Well, you know, there was that time bold choice. on Apple Podcasts where we got, like, a one-star review. So I forgot about that. I haven't. I super did. I was like, Whoop, let's move on. I'm glad <laughs> glad one of us could do that. Um, more importantly, this is why we make a great a great pair. There we go. The Capricorn and Scorpio. Scorpio. Yep. <laughs> and all the TikTok videos. Those are the two that are always like paired together. And I was like, well, they're like true soulmates. It's real really. life. <laughs> it's real life. So yeah, that is us. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, drop us a line, slide in our DMs, and we will be back next week to serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktails.